0: I'm not like them I can pretend The sun is gone but I have a life
1: Um, What's up, I, everybody? <laughs> um, I'm Q. I'm a Q&A in the house. Q&A in the house. To be clear, I am not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with Q anon, but I am using Q. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is, yeah, hosted by Q of Q anon. Yeah.
1: It'd be funny if I like if this is how he was, re- <laughs> he was revealed. It was like this is his moment to come are, out. Are
0: you trying to tell me that you are Q <laughs> that was happening?
1: I'm so deep state. Yeah. No, um, so yeah, welcome to our welcome to our podcast. Uh we are just two uh guys trying to figure out where we um Have landed politically. I would say that we're both um, recovering um, libfems. (laughs) Wouldn't you say that?
0: Yes, Uh, recovering libfems and present-day far, far right reactionary domestic (laughs) extremists.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So a little bit of my back, a little bit of both of our backgrounds. We met at liberal arts school. I was actually a feminist studies major. What did you actually major in?
0: I I initially majored in philosophy and then I hated every single other person who was a philosophy major and um so I switched to political science just because like I had taken some classes in that.
1: Yeah, so just so you know how deep in the um in the in the, in the sphere we were. We were like you know, 2000 and I guess seven, seven or eight to like 2012, like <laughs> completely sitting around talking about microaggressions and acting really offended. One of my funniest memories of us in college is I tried to throw a coming out party for a straight guy. And I told him he was homophobic. <laughs>
0: So. Yeah yeah no I mean there was a lot it was a weird time and you know I mean yeah we were truly like in the belly of the beast and like you couldn't even I mean you had to just go along with it whether you agree whether you were like truly indoctrinated into it all or not, like you couldn't like you couldn't express any like
1: contrary opinion. Yeah, we had a good friend at the time who was a actually had like literally escaped a Christian fundamentalist cult. And she always called our education her second cult (laughs) that she was in. Um, So, yeah, that's where we that's where we started. Um, And then we both kind of went our separate ways and ended up in large American cities uh, we'll try to keep slightly secret and you know now we're in our <laughs> now we're in our 30s and we just went through what all of you went through a fucking twisted um three-year just psyop from the Psy government
0: up. psychological warfare on
1: a yeah to convince us that scale. we were just in like utter danger and like I think we both we'll, we'll we'll talk. We won't like do the whole thing now because I don't <laughs> think it's that exciting. But I think we both started having our break our breaking point when everyone had gotten vaxxed and they were still like, "You have to fucking keep those masks on, bitches," you know.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, I, I I did go along with it at that point just because I they said like, okay, after you do that, you know, everything will go back to normal, and then. That was uh, not the case.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we still, we still to this day have close friends in our life who are posting things like two weeks to slow the spread. Like, <laughs> like there's, st- they're still waiting for like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, or like the government could just shut everything down for six weeks and we could solve this problem completely, which is insane at a, at a point where everyone has fucking had COVID. Like, Yes.
0: Multiple Uh, times. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and you never know. I mean, who they could drop some like new shit tomorrow that was like never. I mean, now it's like people at this point. I I have no expectation. I don't know. I have no like respect for anyone. Like, I I don't know how to like people will fall for anything that they see on the news basically. And so that's what I'm, where I'm at right now, where I just don't, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, what shit is like going down today? That's going to like fundamentally transform the world that everyone will just completely
1: unquestioningly uh, follow suit on. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think what's happened, you know, and I, I got into this, this huge argument with friends over the last couple of years who are like, You know, I work in education and like, they've been like, oh, all this like CRT stuff is such bullshit. And I'm like, (laughs) like, this is an example. And I'm like, no, there's like a concerted, I'm not even saying CRT good or CRT bad, but to say it's all bullshit is so retarded. Like there's, there's thousands of people making their jobs basically doing these like trainings for teachers where yeah they just, it's a grift yes Come yeah on. it's a grift that's making people a lot of money and I'm like it is happening <laughs> it's like a right. real these people are doing corporate you know boardroom presentations they're doing it in schools. so anyway, I guess we just both got a little bit like red and then black pilled so <laughs> now we're gonna do this podcast. Um, and we're gonna just see where it takes us. Even if it's just us talking, that's that's chill too. So, yes
0: it's therapy.
1: Yeah, so we're gonna start with our like the most. We're gonna do like the libtardiest thing of the week that we <laughs> saw. Um, I went a little viral this week for the whole Anna Mardal thing on Twitter. Oh yeah, that was but pretty. Exciting. I would have. To, I would have to go like so deep to like even explain that to someone who doesn't (laughs) understand it (laughs) so i picked this uh guide from the san francisco aids foundation it's called "Douchy's guide to adore Alley without fear of monkeypox so uh just some context it has a little cartoon douche which if you're not gay is an instrument that you use to spray water up your ass so that you shit so that you can have anal sex. So we're really just, you know, coming out strong with um just repulsing people, I would argue. <laughs> and doy, this little cartoon has like different outfits throughout, including being a piggy. He's like a dominate dominatrix daddy um he wears like a leather thing anyway i just thought i would read some of the guidelines from the actual san francisco aids foundation um and door alley if you don't know is a san francisco event where people uh have group sex and like fuck and like (laughs) yeah like that's like literally the whole point of the event okay so and this is of course about monkeypox right um so they start with keep in mind there's a lot of ways to reduce risk you may choose one or two of these suggestions or none at all and a quick reminder <laughs> COVID-19 precautions um and to get vaccinated for meningitis if you haven't already Dushi hopes that you have a happy and healthy door alley so already there's just a lot um it's like get vaccinated but like, also, you don't have to take do any of this, which is not what the COVID vibe was. <laughs> yeah. um, the first piece of advice Douchey gives people is to to not skip the piggy parties. <laughs> um. So, Wait,
0: sorry for the uninitiated. Is Douchey what is douchey like a douche? Like what? Yeah, he's what, a douche, but it's like a cartoon douche, a cartoon douche. Okay, and then. And then a a piggy party.
1: It's like it's like so like a pig, like a so like. Have you ever heard of a pay pig? (laughs) No. Okay, well, a paypay is something that usually women have, where they, like, humiliate a guy, go- um, like, in a masculine.
0: Oh, okay, I've heard about that, like a fin-dom kind of thing. Yeah, yeah and they, like, yeah, do okay.
1: these video recordings, and they're like, I don't know, you, small, you small-dicked, like, uh, pussy of a man. Like, I don't know if I'm going to take my top off. You have to buy this fucking toaster on Amazon or... <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna fucking do it. So that's like one definition. Piggy in the gay community is like similar, except it's just like it's kind of like a party, generally speaking, where one guy is going to just be uh, gang banged by like 15 to 40 guys. Okay. Yeah. No. So you wouldn't want to miss that. <laughs> no. I mean, 40 dicks up your butt. Not. Not. Definitely. Definitely needs to happen. relaxed and relaxed. Yeah, so um, we've heard people are worried... This is from the brochure. We've heard people are worried about attending events out of fear of contracting monkeypox. We hope you partake while also taking steps to reduce your risk. It's been a long few years without community events because of COVID. We think it's time to get back out there. (laughs) Um, And then they... I'm not going to read the whole thing, but... um, They basically explain that monkeypox is uh, spread during skin to skin contact, as well as kissing and water sports, which is when you (laughs) piss in someone's face. Um, And then it's possible to connect, like, like transmit on surfaces, but it's not super likely. Uh, And yeah, there's that. Um, Then they give the advice, which I think is maybe the most important that even if you have monkeypox or think you do, you should just cover your lesions up. Um, they don't really say what to cover them with. So <laughs> like a shirt, I guess. Um, and you should just go to the sex party anyway. So that's, that's really, that's, that's where they start off. Um, They also suggest taking a friend to the dungeon so you have someone with you. I don't really know how that's going to help you not get monkeypox, but (laughs) I guess you should bring your friend uh, down to the dungeon with you. I guess that's like an extra safety precaution. Um, It's okay to be picky with your sex partners. Interesting final piece of advice because, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like the point of this is to be super picky, but (laughs) I guess... You can like discern who you're gonna sleep with, um
0: yeah, I mean it seems like it's pretty much about like indiscriminate fucking,
1: well, that's like what the event is. They do throw in one word that being <laughs> being picky about sex is also a good reminder about safety and consent, oh, but then the funniest thing you know, I just thought a little bit about the the consent piece, the funniest thing is that. It might not be a good idea to go back into the black room where you can't see anyone, because oh. uh, you may, uh, you know, have sex with someone who has lesions and you don't even know it. I, I, I don't, I don't really know how consent works in that situation. I guess if you're just in the black room, you're, it's like a blanket, blanket consent yeah. <laughs> of some kind. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Um. um Do you think
0: Fauci's going to go to the piggy parties?
1: Well, he did in the day. And then the last thing is try to get vaccinated, but there's no vaccines, basically. Anyway, that was the libtard thing I saw of the week. It was posted by this San Francisco um, senator. So he's not like, you know, Pelosi, but like a state senator who said that uh, he wanted to make sure not to stigmatize gay men he also coincidentally is trying to uh, kind of slow the roll on a child uh, like, like pe- people who are pedophiles not getting punished too hard. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. wow, so interesting. I mean, you know, and I mean, like people should be able to go and get monkeypox at whatever, like dungeon, like gangbang they want to, but it definitely is like a, bit of a double standard
1: uh yeah like people weren't allowed to go to like church for like a a year like two years Uh not to mention like literally when i went to go visit my grandma in hospice like my most like covidian friend was like what if you give her covid and i was like she's literally dying So it doesn't make a difference if she dies with COVID or not. She's dying in the next forty-eight hours. Like that's I what's know. happening, you know. Lord. Anyway, all right. This? What's yours? Oh God.
0: Um. So honestly, this was this was extremely hard for me, just because, like, sifting through like libtard takes on Twitter is just. You know, embarrassment of riches. Um, so I kind of okay. So I I have like a few, there's some like honorable mentions here.
1: Okay, you can do like a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no rules. Really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the first one was just uh, this. So you know they killed Ayman al-Zawahiri or whatever.
1: Like, oh my the, God, are you aware of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like barely cared or read about it, but I, <laughs> I understand that they killed like another Afghan. Another Al-
0: Al-Qaeda guy. Yeah, And, um, uh, you know, they always do this when they're trying to like make the president look like a badass or whatever and cover up some other shit that's happening. And um, it, it means setting aside that like Al-Qaeda literally was like started by the CIA and whatever, but. Um. So yeah. So then I saw this guy, Jay Hancock. I don't know who that is, but some like lib, you know, journalist or something, posted this like insane graphic of the missile that was allegedly used to kill this guy, the okay. kinetic Hellfire R9X, and because it's like a lib missile. You know, it's like, can't like blow up a whole building and like kill indiscriminately the, the women and children and whatnot. So this.
1: I, I I pulled it up so I can look at it
0: as you go. Okay. Yeah. So this missile is like the compassionate missile that doesn't explode. Instead, you just like shoot it directly at the person that you're trying to drone assassinate. And it just like it doesn't explode it just like it just shoots out like in all directions like n- blades that like mangle and decapitate the the target um which i mean this was just ridiculous I, I i i mean i doubt that thing even exists it doesn't make any sense and it's just obvious like propaganda to me that they're like look we you know we didn't kill any like little children we just like slice this like evil dude's head in like six pieces so anyway. yeah it
1: doesn't seem like it would work for you. i mean they've this picture of it like shooting off the drone <laughs> i still think that could like easily have collateral damage i would have
0: yes i mean how would you ensure that it just like hits this one random guy it doesn't make any sense and then it like explodes knives
1: Okay. So, that anyways, is stupid. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: So the They, just killed, they just killed his
1: like nine wives all at once.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, if they killed him at all, I mean, I have no idea. This, no one's mentioned this guy in like years and years. I mean, who's even thinking about terrorism? I thought we left Afghanistan. That was like a whole thing when they showed all the footage of like the poor Afghans
1: like clinging
0: to the airplanes like leaving and whatever. So, i was
1: so i was so confused because for a minute when they said they killed him i was like wait isn't that like the afghan government now but then i realized it's like al-qaeda and the taliban aren't the same. yeah
0: no no they're not the same yeah um, i was
1: for but like for a second i was like shit i was like isn't that like isn't he some sort of like i don't know <laughs> isn't that like the policy of afghanistan but it's not <laughs>
0: yeah no i think i mean yeah i think the taliban are like actually enemies of the united states and al-qaeda is more like quasi like funded by the united states but we like pretend to hate them i think i don't know yeah Uh, so anyways that was one um Okay, so the other thing was this um, Aaron Hoyland tweet where I was like, this like, guy, guy, I don't know, he seems really gay. I sent you that photo and asked about him, but he's like living a, a life as a in a heterosexual relationship and whatnot. But anyways, that's sort of beside the point. His He just did a really stupid tweet, which was how I became aware of him. Where he's basically bragging about being like a libtard, uh, he's a self-described sheep. So he says, "I'm." He's posted it with a selfie where he's like showing off his his like vaccine band-aid on his shoulder, kind of okay. like smirking in a self-satisfied way. He might, okay. he, he's Canadian, I think, too. So there you go.
1: Oh, but, well, yeah. they're like the most cocked country.
0: On the yeah, honestly, like it's not even a contest at this point, but um, so, yeah. So he says, I'm that quadruple jabbed, mask wearing, science following, CBC reading, pronoun stating, climate change believing sheep your parents warned you about. So yeah, I don't know. I guess he must be a healthcare worker or something. He got did he a get a lot of like jab. likes? Uh, he's got seven thousand likes. Yeah. He has like forty thousand followers. Well, that's
1: something. not like that many, really.
0: Yeah, no. Um and seven hundred replies. So Okay. He wasn't ratio, but
1: um Did people like did anyone in the did anyone like bravely come forth to <laughs> to take him down or not really
0: i mean people did but like obviously like that's what he's just trying to like trigger the you know whatever it worked i was triggered so okay kudos aaron hoyland um uh, but yeah anyways bragging about being a sheep i just couldn't believe that Um, yeah so then uh, the real one that I wanted to th- um go Oh, those here, were the honorable mentions. Th- those were we the heard. honorable mentions, yeah. Got I it. mean, they're they're all basically on par, but this one guy just pissed me off, Will Stansel. Um I think he's gay too cuz he's accusing everyone of being homophobic. So, okay, it's yeah, your your tribe is kind of not, you know uh
1: they're not showing out yeah yeah. Um, but they're all they all have anal lesions (laughs) at the moment try and show some
0: compassion yeah but uh so this this guy was like calling out i don't know if you're you're probably aware like there's this sort of emerging or you know they've been throughout the pandemic a group of like pissed off like ex-lib moms who yes. are on Twitter, you know,
1: like? Yes, I follow them. quite a few of them. the, yeah. least, the least annoying one is uh, Angry NYC Mom, or like, yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> she seems like the smartest of the group, in my opinion.
0: But. Yeah, I mean, there's different one, there's different ones, you know. They're all, I mean, I, yeah, they're they're a little cringe and and just sort of a like, you're a mom, you know, you you're trying to be like a dissident or what badass or whatever but at the end of the day you're like I don't know um but I but uh, but I can't criticize them because they I mean they gave me hope during all this shit so that there was people out there I mean I have a kid you know and uh I, you know she's young enough where she's not involved with all the masking and bullshit but that was a big fear that I had was that all, you know, so I'm glad that anyways. So this guy is like trying to call out these like, these like angry moms about, you know, anti-COVID moms. And so he says, symptoms of privileged momhood, mom in Twitter bio, obviously wealthy, years long fixation with school closures and masking. Reports being, in quotes, politically homeless. Strangely curious about DeSantis and libs of TikTok. (laughs) Prognosis? High likelihood of future
1: fascist politics. (laughs) That's, okay. I find that so absurd because truly, like, these people are just people who were directly affected by lockdown policies (laughs) that's like really all they were and like they they probably weren't weren't super they probably were like actually really annoying libtards like
0: they were they some of them basically like still are honestly
1: yeah but they were just like the one thing they wanted is they were like i don't want my children to to not go to school for two years of their like you know, like childhood short, if you really think about it, I mean, you really go to school for 12 or 13 years. I mean, two years is a massive percentage of, yes. you know, and like, the, all they really ever did was like point it out. And then like, you know, the dynamic that I saw again, as someone who's in education, is just like a bunch of teachers posting about how they're like murderers um, who want the teachers to, to die which was never um <laughs> which, is, which is like clearly not what they are, are advocating for. I think their whole point was like, if you are a low risk person, you should continue to do your to do your job, you know. Right. That was like it
0: yes and i mean there's the whole like debate about like masking and mask do masks work i mean i can
1: tell you as someone who like had to like enforce like masks on um like you know kids it's it's it it's the problem is is like even if masks do work which there's like a shit ton of evidence that they don't like children cannot wear them in a way that is would ever make them effective like, no no one
0: can and even the ones that are supposed to work like the n95s or whatever they're not meant to be worn for like eight hours straight
1: no and every time someone who like is working at home has to do it they're always complain about it and i'm like this is what you guys have been asking like you know, teachers and like healthcare workers and fucking like bodega guys <laughs> to be doing for like eight, eight hours a day for like years while you're just like at home.
0: Yes. You uh, know, yeah. it's, it's so ridiculous. I mean, years long, he says years long fixation with school closures and masking years long because it's been happening
1: for years.
0: Like it's not, it's not like if it wasn't happening anymore, I'm sure they're, you know, fixation would end.
1: I mean, I have younger brothers who are still in school and it was like, so depressing to my, uh, to my parents when like, they lifted the mask mandate and like the boys wouldn't take the masks off because they said like, you would be like a social pariah if you took the mask off. And this isn't a deeply red state.
0: That is so
1: sad. And it really made my, you know, it really made my parents sad because they were just like, yeah, at this point, the, the, we've all had COVID. All of them have had COVID. I've had COVID. Everyone in our family has had COVID. Yeah. The vaccines don't prevent transmission. <laughs> and, and clearly, the you know, the masks aren't preventing yeah. transmission. So it was just, yeah, the whole thing is just, I mean, I can't believe like four jabbed Biden has COVID right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he even does. He, you know. it. he got it twice.
0: Yeah, I know. Um. Anyway, and then strangely curious about DeSantis. I also thought was funny. Like, I mean, they're they're not curious about him. They just think that he's one of the few politicians who's like vocally opposed all the shit that they're mad about. So,
1: well, they think he's handling it right, and yeah, exactly. And there's not a lot of evidence that he's doing anything that, like, is that extreme in other parts of the world. Like, I mean, Europe didn't close schools. Like, a lot of places never closed schools. Like, DeSantis. Right, they closed
0: for a couple weeks or whatever. And then-
1: yeah, like, DeSantis's view is actually, like, more in par than with, like, what, you know... the world is doing yes and and, uh, most countries
0: never uh masked children under like 12
1: or something like ever i know i got i again my like most covidian friend like like got mad at me once because i work part-time at this bookstore and i was like oh if the kid looks like under five we've decided we're not going to say anything and he's like yeah fuck what the cdc says right And I'm like, uh, I'm I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force a mask on a four year old. I'm sorry, like, but like, actually, yes. Fuck what the CDC says. Yeah, and then it's funny because these same people, like, (laughs) lately, I've been sending around how like the CDC says there's no evidence the monkeypox vaccine works. (laughs) It's like on their website, no evidence. They'll take it anyways. They'll take it anyway, and somehow, like, they don't listen to the CDC when, like, when that's out there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. When monkeypox is, quite frankly, pretty easy to avoid, like, it's fine to not have anonymous sex for a while.
0: Well, you never know. You could get it from your groceries or if you're, you know, someone's rubbing their genitals all over your (laughs) cabbage.
1: (laughs) Or they have it all over their hands. Right. Um. So, all right. Are you all ready right. to move? Oh, yeah. yeah of course. Okay. Yeah, so, I I'm gonna smoke a joint. You guys, you ready? Yeah. All right. We're gonna talk about James Pogue, who has sort of been like a fascinating figure to me since I read this uh, Atlantic article about him, Um, and then I actually read his book as well called the, the Cho- article was by him right the
0: yeah. article
1: was by him and then um i read his i read his book called chosen country so where do you want to start do you want to chat about the article yeah. a little yeah, bit yeah
0: talk about the article
1: okay so the article was in the atlantic um, and I think what was so fascinating about it is it kind what of like it
0: was like the New Right or something, something about like Peter
1: Thiel and the yeah. I'm pulling it. I'm pulling it up. Hold on. There's so many like copycat. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he started a whole trend of writing about it, which probably bodes poorly for this like you know movement, this yeah. movement, but. It says inside the new right where P- Peter Teal is placing his biggest bets. And I think that like the first thing I want to say about the article is what Glenn Greenwald said about the article and, and that it was like a well-considered view of these people that was like fairly neutral, um, which I think is rare, right? Like the whole idea is that we're just supposed to like Hillary Clinton... Um, you know deplorable to deplorable them and that's like the only way that we can uh like engage <laughs> engage yeah. with this there's no um,
0: to understanding like where they're coming from or-
1: yeah and it's just like it was actually in vanity fair sorry um so you know i thought what was fascinating about his uh you know his whole take was that um you know, he wanted to actually like get to know like who these people are. So he goes, most of the article he spends at this um, conservative uh, conference, which I think is just called NATCON. Yeah, National Conservatism Conservatism Conference. The attendees are described as um, sort of like a mix of like, I don't know. There's not very many mainstream, uh, <laughs> I guess, right right wing figures there. The they kind of I, they identify as a few various um, identities. There was uh, broish anonymous Twitter posters, which possibly we count as. <laughs> um, they were known as dissidents, neo reactionaries, or post leftists or the heterodox fringe. So they were all often grouped for convenience under the heading of America's new right. So new right is a term they're trying to use instead of alt-right. There's a huge diversity in like what these people um, believe. Um, Everything from like, you know, (laughs) reactionary feminists like Red Scare to people who are really fucking into reading the Unabomber manifesto which I want to (laughs) do at some point you know Marxist cultural critics um, yeah they refer to Ted Kaczynski the Unabomber as Uncle Ted so I mean (laughs) you know these people are complicated um It's
0: interesting. I read it back like in high school or something. I remember it's, it's, it's like mostly just like a, a weird like screed about modern society and not really about like bombing shit.
1: Yeah. And then uh, the, you know, the article, I'm not going to like summarize the entire article, but this is what got me interested in him. He then kind of like turned to this sort of like, you know, kind of like new movement, um, happening mostly in downtown Manhattan, mostly in this like small corner of Chinatown where there's just kind of a lot of people uh, kind of like turning toward like right-wing thought and even like right-wing art and things like that. Um, Obviously Red Scare is like the most kind of like famous of this group, but, they're basically just people who critique kind of the like extremely now like mainstream woke social justice culture. And they critique it from a lot of different, um, you know, angles. Um, And, you know, these people are like considered like cool now. So there's a whole weird movement of like, you know, Manhattan it girls who like, are saving themselves for marriage and, like, going to, like, Latin mass. And I think, like, a precursor to all this was people like Liz Brunig, you know? These, like, kind of, like, smart, um, you know, like, Ivy League-educated people who just didn't, like, you know, for whatever reason, like, join the mold completely. But I... And then he spends the last... Of so he does that, he describes this whole kind of New York scene. Um, and then you know, the last part of the article is talking about Curtis Yarvin, who's like a really difficult figure to sum up. Um, but he essentially wants a coup, uh, which is what I think is interesting about him because it's going to tie into what I talk about in a minute. And in the coup, he his ideal situation is Trump winning. And then firing essentially all federal employees, um, and he wants to he wants to install um, basically a monarchy. Is his like ideal vision? Um, and he describes the current state, like our current condition that we're in, as the cathedral, which I think the way he would define it is like kind of a loosely like a loose collection of like legacy media companies, uh, corporate boards, um, you know, uh, academics whose basic goal is just like to bring this kind of culture to like, to the globe, you know, really to, Truly, only influence a very small number of people. Um, And that's kind of the gist of it. But what I thought was interesting about James Pogue was just like that he didn't treat any of these people with this like contemptful, like, you know, fucking deplorable thing. He just really wanted to know about them. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What did, I mean, what did you think of the article?
0: Yeah, so I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I remember feeling like okay, so it wasn't like a full-on propaganda like these people are nazis who want to like subjugate everyone and whatever. Um so that was kind of unique. Um but it okay, I I had like it doesn't mention COVID at all, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Right. Other articles that came subsequently mentioned, especially the like New York movement coming out of COVID, because Mm -hmm. basically what happened was, is Brooklyn kind of libtarded out and shut down. Mm -hmm. But lower Manhattan, this very small specific scene, um,
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Did not, and did not believe that they should shut down. So they were still open, and that's kind of how these figures... I didn't know about- yeah that was like the whole thing so it's like you know dasha necrosova and like honor levy and like all these people and again it's a very small group but Uh they 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 didn't believe in shutting down so they were still going to all the bars and things like that
0: oh interesting And you
1: know they they all went to these like elite colleges but they use words like bug man to describe like right liberal dudes and they like They like go to Catholic mass and they like,
0: yeah, think
1: they think Trump is funny and. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay.
0: So that does add some interesting context. So, but the, I just thought it was interesting that there was literally, there was one reference to the pandemic, but it was about people being mad about the protests, the protests, the the George Floyd protests and like rioting and stuff. Someone like was saying, but there other than that, there was no mention of COVID or vaccines or any of that.
1: Well, I mean, that was, I mean, yeah, I do think that those, I don't think a lot of people outside of New York city realize like Mm -hmm. what those, like, I guess we like have to call them like protests. even Uh though It seems like an insane thing to Uh call them, but like, you know, these kind of like, Mm-hmm. Mass riots that took mm-hmm. place, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I
0: thought that was interesting. And then the other thing that I felt about it was like it was really trying to connect the genesis or of this movement to Peter Thiel or like his funding of you know it like sort of implied that he had he was working with Red Scare. Um, and I guess they did meet with him or something, but I don't know about that. And then also this idea that, which I think is like a, an issue with, well, okay. First of all, I actually never heard of Curtis Yarvin before this too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That was another thing where I was like, it's all about Curtis Yarvin and I had never even heard of him. So yeah. Um, but the idea that like bill like based billionaires are gonna like save everybody like peter Thiel, you know putting his efforts behind the like you know new movement or whatever and then the people who are obsessed with like elon musk is gonna clean up twitter you know and stop all the censorship and whatever and that's like uh Curtis Yarvin's idea that Trump is going to come in and like he's going to like drain the swamp and whatever i mean i that i d- also just don't um i think there that's there are some people like that but i think there's also another there's a a sort of um other layer to the movement that is more just like No, you can't like nothing about who's in charge, you know, like is is uh, invested in trying to change the system.
1: That's what you think his overall belief is. Uh,
0: No, I think that's I think that's just a uh, I don't think I don't I think that is like putting Curtis Yarvin's like specific um thought as that I, I would say not everyone really agrees with like not everyone in the new right or whatever especially if we're like considering people like ourselves and somehow associated with that like believes that like Trump is gonna solve all our problems or whatever you know
1: yeah no I mean and honestly I've read some of Kurt's, Curtis Yarvin stuff since then and I, I don't think he's like the visionary that people think he is um mm-hmm. i don't find him like as compelling of a figure as as even trump <laughs> to be <laughs> honest like I think oh for that, sure no he doesn't seem cool at all
0: yeah he's, he looks like he, a
1: hobbit yeah he's not very compelling in any way shape or form um so anyway, so that, that article kind of like turned me on to like James Pogue and I read his book, um, on the occupation of the Mauler National Wildlife Refuge. Um, and again, like his, you know, i I'll, I'll take you through like a quick kind of like rundown of what happened. But again, what I found compelling about the book is like, I remember, do you remember this? I remember this.
0: Wait, what? Oh, the, the militia, the, the Clive and Bundy thing? Yeah, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. So I remember it being, I don't know if I was in high school or something around that time, but like vaguely, vaguely being aware that there was some like cowboy standoff happening like in Montana or something, but I didn't really get like what it was about or like.
1: Well, you definitely weren't in high school because it was 2016. No, um, really? Yeah, but there's actually been a couple different, incidents like this so and these peep these bundies Amund and clive and clive bundy are like involved in like many of them so basically like i'll just give a break i'm i'm gonna give like a 10 minute breakdown of what happened and then we can kind of talk about it yeah I'll, i'll talk about like pogue's like view of like all of this um so the bureau of land management ironically blm um is this like governmental organization that basically runs like federal lands um which a lot of the country is you know is like owned by the federal government so this happened in harney county which is in rural oregon it's one of the largest counties um in the area with a population of only. Um, but only has a population of 7,700. So, like, for context, like, my high school was 3,500. So, like, half of this huge county, like, I don't know, it's just, like, two of my high schools in, in this massive part of the state. Yeah. Um, and cattle outnumber people 14 to 1. Um, And a big dynamic in the area is that 70% of the county is considered federal land. So 73%. So the Bureau of Land Management, the United States Forest Service, the United States Fish and Wildlife Service um, all run like that 73% of federal land, leaving something like 27% for the people who live in this county to... Farm or you know what log or raise cattle whatever whatever the fuck they do, so the mallor National Wildlife Refuge itself is one hundred eighty seven thousand acres, and somehow I found this fact kind oh, of shit. baffling because I feel like this like keeps coming up, but apparently it's like a major bird watching place. Oh, and I'm like, how does like bird watching like keep coming up in these like? <laughs> Cause I thought about that like central park story too. I'm just like, so it's like, it's just like these like
0: rich people who are like, I want the, like, I want these ranchers out of my like bird watching.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like people not from the area who are like uh, coming in from Portland to like see birds, which yeah. I can't think of anything more retarded and gay than like being a, like your, your whole thing is like being a bird watcher. It's right? <laughs> so Ridiculous dude. I, I would be so bored I couldn't even imagine anyway, so will so
0: Jonathan Franz in for me when I found out he was like into bird watching uh,
1: i I don't even know if I believe that about him but anyway <laughs> um so the leadership was Ammon Bundy and he's the son of that other guy Clive and Bundy. <sighs> His backstory, he owns a car fleet company in Phoenix. (laughs) Um, He formed a militia called the Citizens for Constitutional Freedom. His father is Cliven Bundy. They're famous for carrying all of their members of their like kind of militia carry around members, uh, small like packet copies of the constitution. Um, And they're both LDS, Latter-day Saints, church people. which is also interesting because the Latter-day Saints are actually involved in like a lot of this stuff. Um, They kind of like offshoots of the religion don't even consider themselves part of the U.S. So here's what happened. There were these two cattle ranchers. um, Their last name was Hammond, father and son. And their use of the land dates back to the 1870s um and they've been using some of the same cattle trails since the 1870s and disputes between cattle ranchers and the federal government over the management of the wildlife refuge have gone on for generations um the situation has regularly deteriorated you know like with the ranchers calling like the federal people running it like (laughs) cocksuckers <laughs> and like telling them that they're gonna like kill like you know kill them and uh, yeah just kind of yeah. like like one of the threats i thought was funniest is one of the rat ranchers said he was gonna tear his head off and shit down his neck um it's very I mean, that's pretty badass that's like yeah. shit. I don't, like, hate these people at all by any means. I think that they're, yeah, funny. And and I think that they know what the fuck they want. Um. (laughs) Anyway, so tensions in the town grew. The federal employees were receiving death threats from the people in the town um, who were supporting the Hammonds. And basically what happened was is Dwight and Stephen Hammond ended up setting these, like, fires. Um, One of the fires was to cover up the fact that they, like, had illegally slaughtered a herd of deer for actual fucking meat, like, not for fun, you know? Uh Um, And then they also set a fire at one point... um, to help like stop invasive plants on their grazing fields, which was like actually like kind of a normal practice. At least it sounds like it. What was um, a normal,
0: what was a normal practice?
1: Like lighting these fires to like burn out like invasive
0: weeds. Oh, oh yeah. I mean that seems like something you'd want to do.
1: Yeah. Um so Anyway, they did this fucking fire thing, and then like that's when like the you know BLM was like, that's it, you guys are fucked now, you're going to jail. Um Wait, BLM? The Bureau of Land Management. Oh dude, I was like, whoa. Major plot twist here. I like I like calling them BLM <laughs> because I think it's just a funny coincidence. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, BLM was there. Sean King was there. He, he was there with his fucking $40,000 dog he bought this week. <laughs> um, I heard about that. So, like, Am and Bundy, like, gets all riled up about these dudes' convictions. And they actually, the dudes, the Hammond dudes don't really want Bundy, like, coming up in... In all this, <laughs> to be honest, but he decides he's fucking coming, and that's that. Um, so basically, there's a huge protest, and the people in the t- the people in the town are against the Hammonds going to jail. They think that's retarded and gay. They say that they don't want it to happen. Um, and then Ammon Bundy takes his militia and is so like,
0: what, w- "What was he actually doing? He just like wasn't." he was he was sort of in charge of this like ranching area but he was he was he was refusing to just do
1: like what they were telling him to do yeah he had cattle like he had the right i guess to like take his cattle onto parts of this refuge mm-hmm. and their family had been doing it since the 1870s mm-hmm. um but yeah he just like didn't fucking listen to them you know? Mm-hmm. So wait, like was he was a rancher, right?
0: Which one Bundy or him? Oh, so they b- weren't both
1: ranchers. Bundy. No, <laughs> Bundy okay. started this militia, but from what I've gathered, his dad might've been a rancher from, from what I've gathered, Bundy has like quite a bit of money from this like car business. He has in Phoenix. Oh, interesting. So he's just like a Patriot, you know? Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't. Interesting. I didn't read about every character in this in depth, so I could be wrong, but so the Bundy militia splits off from this protest that's going on in the town against these convictions and they head to the refuge. Um, and by January 2nd, militia members claim to have 150 armed members at the site. Um, there are conflicting of reports, of course, but um, it seems clear that, like, at least at the beginning, some of the local residents supported the action. Okay, wait.
0: Also, what is a militia? Do they get into that at all? What are we working with here?
1: So, like, a militia in the book, especially, like, Bundy's militia, is, like, a group of men who have, like, Armed themselves, um, and yeah, they do stuff like what I'm describing. Like they like take action to like defend citizens, and, mostly from the like the federal government, government. Or, or at least that's their that's their view yeah. of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the demand was that the federal government surrender the refuge and open up the park for logging, ranching, and other activities. So at this point, like the bird watchers are like really clutching their pearls. Um, they're stressed the fuck out. They're gonna kill all these, you know, birds. Um, and similarly, so like are
0: they trying to get the are they trying to get the whole bird watching area
1: or just a part of it? <laughs> they want the they want the federal government to cede this wildlife refuge to this to this to the people in the county. Okay. So they don't want the federal government to like run this wildlife refuge like at all any longer.
0: So they just want to use the federal government to like steal the land from these militia people.
1: No, they, no, 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 no. The militia people want the federal government to cede the land oh, to, I, okay. to the community.
0: Okay, so they want the the them the government to basically
1: relinquish it to the local to the local community the local government yeah Yeah, county government got it so they want the federal government to like give up a big chunk of this like 73 percent of the land they control so they're they're like kind of like
0: like have to pay the government for
1: access to it or like what well, now they can't do anything with it really, and without these mm-hmm. special permits because the government uh-huh. runs the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But they want to open it up. They want to do logging in there. They want to do tourism in there. Uh-huh. They want to do ranching in there. Like
0: uh-huh. they don't
1: want this like protected it's land, like
0: like forest with bir- a bunch of birds in it or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. They they're like against the protected land aspect uh-huh. of this. Um. So a lot of the men did have their wives and children, like, in the refuge, which I was obviously also <laughs> raising tensions. And there was a ton of negotiations, including the sheriff offering to ex- escort them out of the refuge to the county line where they couldn't be prosecuted anymore. Um, and then eventually the occupation got so unpopular, the local residents wanted it to stop. And then, after six weeks, everyone had surrendered. They'd killed one of the occupiers. They all ended up serving relatively short prison sentences. And the original guys that set this whole thing off, the Hammonds, the people who started the fire, were pardoned by Trump after like a really short period of um, like a really short period of time. Oh,
0: interesting and- Okay, so there's a Trump connection.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, there was, like, extensive damage done to, like, Native American artifacts and things like that that were, like, in the refuge and, like, part of the refuge, like, part of this, like, building of the refuge. So, that's an aspect of all of this to, of course, consider, too. So, Like, I think what I found, so Pogue, which is what I think is, like, so tight about this dude.
0: Were they, like, intentionally destroying? What was going on with the Native American artifacts?
1: It's hard to say if they were, like, intentionally destroying these artifacts or if there was just, like, a whole shit ton of people, like, crammed in this, like, you know, shitty little space for six weeks, Uh you know? Uh Uh-huh. They probably didn't. I'm going to go ahead on on, a limb here and say they didn't care that much about the Native American artifact. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it was like Uh, important for them to preserve them. Yeah. Right. Is is my guess. Uh Um, So Pogue's book, which is cool is like when, what I like about Pogue is he's kind of this like rugged, like masculine, like bro dude who like, basically his whole thing is he was just like riding around the country, like stopping in bars, trying to talk to these like kind of like marginalized, like small town communities, getting drunk in the bars, hooking up with like, tough rancher women he said
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he's really into
1: drugs he takes a lot of opium he smokes a lot of weed oh really Um, he's always he
0: mentioned smoking cigarettes in that article yeah he
1: seems like he's like down to party and like he basically like shows up and decides to just kind of like in bed with the occupation so it's like it's interesting to hear him you know, to hear his descriptions of what it was like in inside of this place, and I, I just think he has like a really like human kind of view of these people that we like never get to hear. You know, like mm-hmm. like he kind of gives you the emotional side of like who these people are and why they believe that what they're doing is. Um, You know like worthy and valuable And I think the big question of like Pogue's book sort of is like Who should like own All this land you know like Should the federal government Really have as much Land as it does I mean at this point we're just selling so So much of it to fucking Bill Gates Gates. Yeah 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 So that's sort of the story of that, like one particular, like, uh, you know, militia movement. But I think what's like, I think what people need to watch out for is like what's happening in Idaho and Oregon and Eastern Washington. Like, I think that that's where we could see like a real breakdown in the federal government, like controlling that part of the country you know?
0: Yes. Oh, for sure. And that would be interesting. I mean, um, the federal government is just so screwed at this point. I mean,
1: uh, but is it? Because like, I think what frustrates me about the federal government is like my understanding of what the founders hoped for was not this like permanent political like bureaucracy in Washington, DC.
0: No, no. I mean, I think that, There's actually, but no, there's, it can't work like that. I mean,
1: no, it just can't work like that. And I just think that, you know, this is the problem is like the federal government wants to exert in certain ways it wants to exert a ton of control. And then in other ways it wants to like totally relinquish control.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think they basically want as much control as possible I mean, they're trying to tell, I was just like looking at like, what the, uh, I was strolling down memory lane of the pandemic and I wanted to see like what the different like stupid rules were during the, you know, like every phase. Cause I couldn't even remember, but it was like outrageous. There was stuff like now gatherings can have like a maximum of 10 people and blah, you know, like, and I, you know. People were taking that seriously, like that was.
1: Oh, and let's not forget, like speaking of gays and monkey box, there was that whole gays over COVID thing where they were like, literally encouraging, um, fucking gay men to call the cops and other gay men who are having parties. Oh, are
0: you serious? In New York.
1: Yeah, it was called wow. Gays Over COVID, and they would like report where a party was and like report it to the police. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess gosh. we changed from that to just like.
0: That's so funny i i heard I heard of Gays Over COVID, but I always assumed that they would like wanted they were over COVID because they like wanted to party.
1: No, they wanted to like <laughs> shame people who like weren't following
0: the oh, rules. Dude. Oh damn.
1: And now they're just like, well, don't fucking take away our piss orgies, you homophobes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's kind of the story. I'm like, I wish there were more James Pogues out there. Like, I really wish there was. I, I kind of like love this like vagabond, like hyper masculine. Like yeah, dude who's like romantic uh, kind of it say? is kind of romantic yeah. and he's like unmarried and he wants to just sort of like you know kind of like yeah just fuck around and like it's it's like harkens back to a type of masculinity that i think that we're just like you know totally losing like we're just losing this i, I do think there's like a crisis of masculinity and i do think that we've like emasculated men to the point where they like, aren't even really attractive to most <laughs> women,
0: you know? I I know. I mean, it is basically true.
1: And it's like, I don't understand. And like, that's what he reminds me of. And I I don't understand why we have to admit that these like gender roles, like everyone's like the gender roles are so evil. But like, in my personal experience is like, a faggot observer on like the sidelines, like most straight people really like want, (laughs) like kind of want those gender roles to like be what's going on. Right. Right.
0: Yes. I read a book that was um, interesting actually that um, this British woman, uh, Nina, uh, Nina powers called what women want. And it's um, sort of about that, but it's, I just, thought like the crisis in masculinity but i thought it was interesting that she said that like well you know no one really wants to like rigidly enforce you know some like bureaucratic way like gender roles and that's that's not like obviously wouldn't be a good thing but that like they're a form of like cultural knowledge that's passed down that like has a function you know, and um, like there's some actual value to it. It's not just this like oppressive, you know, like and that in some ways like this new version of gender ideology is actually like more dogmatic in a way because it's sort of like if you have these like feminine traits or whatever, then it's not that you're just like a feminine man. It's like you're that means you're actually a woman or, you know, so that, you know. I thought it was interesting
1: i mean yeah and i was thinking about pogue is this like a lot of people would say like well a woman could like never do exactly what he does like she couldn't like go around and like you know like embed herself with like a militia movement and i'm like w- women don't want to fucking do that we don't want to do that
0: like oh, there's, there's
1: like certain things that like men want to do and women want to do and like I, I don't know a single woman who would find that like a worthwhile
0: Being, like, remotely mo- interesting yeah. yeah oh hey babe i was thinking i'd like join up with this militia I <laughs> <kind> of, like...
1: <laughs> could you imagine if your wife was like i'm gonna like stop doing all this stuff we're doing here and i'm just gonna like just ride around the country for a while, going to like bars and stuff like that. (laughs) Like it would just be like a weird, I don't know. It is something for like this, like certain type of like masculine reporter to like do. And it's just, you know, and I think that I like that he like kind of pushes back on that. His whole identity seems to like push back on the idea that there's something wrong with wanting to embrace masculinity in that way, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's my James Pogue take.
0: (laughs) So is he like a fed or is he for real?
1: (laughs) I mean, he did write this Vanity Fair piece. So Mm -hmm. I'm suspicious of like that whole thing because I do feel like the Vanity Fair piece was trying to like sanitize, you know, this whole kind of movement of people and just put them in this like kind of like little neat category like like they, they the vanity fair piece didn't want it to seem like this was an organic uprising of like a huge government <laughs> failure mm-hmm. they like wanted it to seem like this is just uh like a disparate group of misfits when really i think like mm. these people are just the most prominent group that has
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different people. That's the thing. It's not, it's like bringing together, like the fact that you get, okay, think about this, that you right now in this country, you have like a sort of a political alliance between like recovering like urban libs and like rural militias. Like, did you see that coming? You know? And like
1: Yeah, and like downtown It Girl Tradcast. Yes. Like, yeah Like a like sentence I never thought I would utter. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and so that's what that was kind of my take on the article. Yeah, was that it's like kind of trying to put it in this really narrow sort of thing when it's really like it's a lot. I mean, COVID, dude, was a game changer. It woke a lot of people up. In a lot of different ways.
1: Totally. But I mean, it, the article also was, ne- like, nefarious because it wanted it to be, like, you know, this is all Peter Thiel's fault. Right. Right. You know, they're like, it's this sinister faggot's fault that all this is <laughs> thing. But, like, Peter Thiel doesn't I mean, really- he is great for that role, though. Yeah, but- <sighs> You know, the idea that, like, it kind of, I mean, that's that's the problem. I mean, let's critique Pogue now. Like, that's the problem is, like, that his article is, like, the first step in, like, you know, packaging and marketing this whole, like, movement and kind of, like, taking any fangs out of it, you know? Right, right. Trying to assimilate it
0: or something
1: yeah, it's going to be like fucking freedom prize, (laughs) you know, like they're going to find a way to like corporatize it. And like companies are already reacting, you know, like Netflix was like,
0: yeah,
1: if you don't want to make this like woke, or if you don't want to make this like content cuz you don't think it's woke enough like get a new fucking job like yeah, yeah. Like, companies right. are already like backlashing to like all the woke stuff Yes, there's so a, a lot-
0: shift in the culture about that with the woke yeah like backlash and what or pc in general yeah
1: yeah everyone i mean that's like the vibe shift right and that's why people i think like sort of pine for trump and like like really miss him and feel yeah. <laughs> They feel like kind of a deep hole in their hearts about it because it's like, you know, the pe- he was good for the people who like he probably wasn't good for them, but they enjoyed fucking railing against him. Yeah. And yeah. the yeah. people who had never seen themselves represented enjoyed like having him like having him represent
0: them. Yeah. I mean, like I don't I don't think he was like a good president but i also don't think like basically any president in recent history argued that believe that possibly then jfk was could be considered really a good president so but um uh but trump yeah no dude he was perfect because like he got people on every side were just like freaking out like the libs like love to hate him and then like his people like actually like loved seeing him you know so it was like and now we have biden which is like the again and then it's like both sides are fucked now too because it's like for the libs he's not actually like delivering anything that they want and then all the conservatives hate him because he's like ruining everything
1: yeah he's also just like so like he has no um
0: he's no mental faculties
1: Right, he has no mental faculties. His plastic surgery is like so much worse than Trump's. <laughs> oh, so bad dude! I mean, my my theory is that Trump is gonna is gonna put Tucker as VP. Do you think so? That's what I think is gonna happen. Not I think Trump, no, I think he's gonna put Tucker as VP. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's like what that's like I, my I, bingo. That's like my bingo card. And I think Tucker and Trump will be unbeatable, literally.
0: I mean, I I would have to agree. I mean, I have no idea how real these elections are, but I
1: mean, yeah. So I think he's going to put Tucker as his VP. I definitely think he's going to run. I think the Dems have no idea what the fuck they're going to do. Um, and <laughs> I, yeah, think- I don't. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, they seem to be putting like Hill Dog out there a little bit recently. Like, they kind of burnished her off and got her out on that like med. They've
0: gala. been putting out feelers for sure. Yeah, and but like, I don't think, and no one will, dude, that would be like epic. I mean, if that, if they did that, I don't, I
1: cannot imagine. They definitely got her ass on that like Met Gallo carpet looking like not awful. <laughs> so, all right, let's close this combo with. Like, just one little, like, thing that's happening right now. Like, what the fuck was, like, why was there... What do you think that... What is your guess for why there was so much hand-wringing about, like, whether or not Pelosi would, like, land in Taiwan? (laughs) Like, why was there this, like... why why, Why was it even a question of whether she would do it or not? And what was the... What was the point of like the psyop to make it seem like there was some vast question when clearly that was the plan all along?
0: Right, you know? right. I mean, because they just wanted it to be this big, like cliffhanger moment or whatever, you know, capture everyone's attention. Um, uh, that's why. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just like, come on, World War Three. Is that really what's ha- is that really the next op?
1: I think well, they just want
0: it. everyone to be like vaguely terrified the whole you know all the time about like oh China, oh no, it's Russia, you know whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what I tweeted like that was one of my tweets today. It was just that like the truth is is that like people we are doomed and like people are scared of their own deaths and they are scared of the fact that like in a hundred years, every single person they know, <laughs> including their like own children, will be dead. And it's like wrapping their head around that reality is what freaks them out. So they want the they romanticize these like grand, you know, uh, just kind of like incredible ways of going out because. They just can't handle like the, the, mon- the mundanity. I don't even know what's a word, but the- oh, <laughs> they can't handle like the mundane reality of like what their fate is, Yeah, yeah. you know? Interesting. That's oh, my theory because, you know, it's so narcissistic to want to be there at the end of the world and to like, assume that like your, your life ending is like the world ending. Yeah.
0: That, no, that is interesting
1: that's yes. i'm
0: having like a uh breakthrough right now wow
1: yeah people don't want like things to go on after them they're too narcissistic you know
0: yeah and that's like with covid or something too it's like the same shit like oh like i got long covid or whatever like i'm having this
1: like oh, i can't long with long long
0: experience COVID. yeah Okay, now yeah, we need to get into long COVID.
1: All right, well we did we did a good run. Let's 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 end the first up there. I think we did pretty good. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I thought it was fun. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye.